it is Tuesday, July 7th of 2015. This is our 10th uh, podcast. Kind of a kind of finally we're finally in the double digits, so we're we're kind of committed to this. There's been 10 long weeks of this shit. Maybe it's like 11 because <laughs> I think we missed a week in there. Probably. But still, but still. Um, you might have noticed we're recording on a different day today. My work schedule is going to be kind of weird for the next couple weeks, so my schedule remains the same. Yeah, so I we're recording work. on Tuesday. Uh, we'll record again in like about a week and a half on Friday, and then about a week after that, we're going to record on Saturday. Yeah, this is kind of weird because my work schedule is all fucking over the place. Um, but uh, Jonathan, Joey, uh, we're here again. Um, let's jump right in because we. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised this whole week. I kind of thought we were going to have a slow, uh, kind of like a news. Like with, we're, I thought we were going to have a lot of news, but yeah. it turns out that we actually do have quite a bit of things to talk about. Um, some stuff happening today. A lot of stuff was happening today. Yeah, um, that's where most of the news I got from. I got came out today. So, um, but let's go ahead and jump into games. Um, I want to talk about they uh, announced like a little teaser trailer for this thing called Red Ash, and they debuted it at uh, Anime Con in LA mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, it's from the same guy who made Mighty Number no. 9 uh, from Concept Studio, I believe it's called. I don't think I'm familiar with that one at all. Mighty Number no. 9 um, was kickstarted about a year, year and a half ago, and it was supposed to be. Uh, a Mega Man game essentially so the creator of Mega Man left Capcom and uh, crowdfunded this game hmm. it's supposed to be releasing like in the next uh, couple months or so Okay. but now he's doing the same thing um, but with this uh, thing called Red Ash which bears a lot of resemblance to Mega Man Legends which you know that the yeah. Mega Man Legends I'm a huge fan of that game and Capcom cancelled the uh, sequel yeah. to that game a little while ago so he, he himself, the creator of Mega Man, and some of the producers for uh, and directors for Mega Man Legends are going to be in on this project. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's supposed to be like a spiritual successor to Mega Man Legends. It's going to be like an open world cool. kind of going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing is, uh, so there's a game that they're crowdfunding. Um, what they're crowdfunding is like a number of episodes, which I think are going to build up to like the actual main game, mm-hmm. the open world stuff. Um, but they're also crowdfunding uh, an animation studio alongside them is crowdfunding a like anime thing that they're going to do. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think they're asking for like four hundred thousand dollars, or maybe it's it might, it might be one hundred and fifty thousand, but that's for like a five minute anime thing. Uh, if yeah. they reach like some of their stretch goals, they're going to make like a full length movie. But I think it's interesting that they want to do like a kind of like an anime tie in thing. Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. It's just like this whole like spiritual successor thing has been kind of floating around a lot lately with uh, ukulele and now this. Kind of wondering what else is going to be going down the line for spiritual successors for other, mo- for other games. I think it's just uh, whenever you get a game that people people really like grab onto yeah. and a studio kind of veers away from that original goal yep um you'll probably see something like that i would assume that okay so i don't know if you've ever played the original fallout one and fallout two i haven't unfortunately um they're very very different than fallout three mm-hmm. um so of course we're getting fallout four in a couple months but i could see like a fallout one and two spiritual successor where it's a lot of this, it, it's it's different in a weird way. So in like, yeah, you know, it's kind of like Diablo style, like top yeah, down it, kind it's kind of kinda like top down. 
Um, the characters are more, I don't know, they have more, like, life to them. So, like, there's a character in one of the original Fallouts. There was like, the, he was like this really pervy dude. So, um, if you were playing as a male character, it wouldn't really come up to you a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you were playing as a female character, he would, like, consistently come up and, like, bug you and talk to you and stuff like that. So, just, like, weird things like that. You know, it's kind of like weird characters you might see in the wasteland. And, um, Much you know, like, like, real life. like, wood thing, like, wood buildings are completely, like, degraded because, of course, like, yeah. after, like, Fallout, all all this stuff would like you know burn and yeah and like eventually like disappear yeah. like break down so there's not a lot of that and they just you know just kind of got a different feel to it mm-hmm. uh, not that i don't love fallout 3 and fallout 4 when that comes out i'm sure i'm gonna love it yeah but it's just a different kind of game so i think we can probably see something like that in the future probably for a spiritual successor um, I don't know what other kind of... And like, I would say it's usually just like those older games. I don't think so. I mean, like, people have been bugging for a Conker's, for a Conker's Bad for a Day sequel. Right. It's never happened before. That would probably be the next thing to get some kind of spiritual successor. Or maybe Rare would just, like, kickstart it or something. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that. Um, we had some other news. Uh, Minecon was also this weekend. Um, that happened in London. They released a trailer for... Um, the Minecraft story mode yeah. made by Telltale Games. Uh, we got a little bit of news out of that. It's not going to follow Steve, uh, who's your main yeah, character in Minecraft. It kind of follows this other group of people, and they're running around uh, looking for something or other. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. I mean, it looks like a Telltale game, of course, um, but it is set in this Minecraft world. Like you see, at some point, he like asks for a sword or like asks one of the people to make him a sword and you just see like a stick and like two little like uh, <laughs> cobblestone blocks put together and all of a sudden it like turns into a sword. So, yeah, it's, it, it seems cool. I'm kind of excited for it. I don't know if I'll like go out and play it or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just such a weird property to make into a story game. It's just so anti, like not anti-story, just like, I don't know what, the, it's, like, it's just, it's just, it, there is no story in yeah. Minecraft. There's no kind of like, you know, it's just set rules. There's no like story mode. There's a survival mode and a creative mode. And that's yeah. about it. So, and there's no kind of narrative in the game at all. So, that's kind of cool. Um, another thing that came out of Minecon, um, window, there's going to be a Windows 10 edition of uh, Minecraft that's coming out um, with some new features. Um, it's going to be essentially all the same stuff from current Minecraft. Um, there's going to be, um, uh, it's going to like seamlessly change between, um, like touch controls. Like if you have a touch screen for your computer, uh, controller controls, so you can plug in a controller or keyboard and mouse. Like, you know, you're used to with Minecraft, you'll be able to seamlessly switch between them. So if you're playing on a controller and all of a sudden you want to tap something on your screen, yeah. assuming you have a touch screen, of course, you'll be able to do that. And it'll just kind of switch over really quickly. Um, so that's, it's kind of cool. I kind of like the fact that, um, they're doing something special and giving, Minecraft people a reason to go to Windows 10, right? Yeah. And in all honesty, Windows 10 looks pretty cool anyway. Yeah. I mean, controller support is something that I would have liked in the PC version of Minecraft a while ago. Yeah. I don't really play games on PC, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, I, I love PC gaming, but I'm not like a big keyboard and mouse guy. Mm-hmm. I prefer to kind of like either sit on the couch and play something on my computer with, you know, like a controller 
or plug my computer into the TV yeah. and just sit on the couch and play something with a controller. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know what, what else do we have for games. Let me bring this up here. Um, apparently, um, I'm not a Final Fantasy person, but uh, so there's a Final Fantasy Online. Yeah. Um, that was launched a while ago, wasn't it? It was launched a while ago, but the Mac version uh, just released about a week or two ago. And I guess at some point or another, they didn't update all of the um, requirements for the Mac. Yeah. So all these people bought the game and the game wasn't running and like they were having all these like launch problems. So they stopped selling the game and they like issued refunds to everybody yeah. who bought it. Um, I'm kind of starting to realize a trend yeah. here. Um, you kind of saw the same thing happen with uh, Arkham Knight for the yep. PC. Um, with so many bugs and everything that came out with it, they stopped selling it altogether. Um, There's just a lot of damage control that's been going on with some with with uh, PC games lately, and it's kind of disheartening because PCs were kind of like the gaming breaks for the longest time. Right, until, they were like the pinnacle of like what everybody looked up to. Pretty much until like uh, like consoles started gaining like a lot of steam with like you know a couple generations ago. Um, and now, you know, we kind of just see this like ultimate shift because now like all these games are just primed and geared towards console releases instead of PCs. And now they're pretty much like games on the PC are just ports. That's all. Yeah, and that's what it is because actually, um, with Arkham Knight, they made that game for consoles. So for the Xbox One and the PS4, mm-hmm. um, about eight weeks before launch. They were like, we, we're not going to be able to do the PC version as well. So they handed that to um, Iron Galaxy to make the uh, yeah. port. Um, apparently, eight weeks wasn't enough because they couldn't fucking get no, it done. But fucked it up. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I find that interesting that now we're kind of veering away. Not with all games. So you see a lot of indie games come to PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but with those big AAA titers, titles, they're kind of aimed more so for consoles and yeah. then ported to PC. Um, I thought that was uh, interesting news, though. Yeah, we're kind of seeing a weird trend of. It's people. probably just going to keep happening. In all honesty, it's kind of upsetting, though, right? I mean, because they're just going to keep rushing to you know launch these games on PC as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, like in contention with uh, with the console games. So eventually, like we're just going to see more and more and more of it. So maybe this becomes the norm. And I would like to think that they would be on top of their game enough to where it wouldn't happen. But from experience, it's um, but from experience of just seeing like. People just kind of like, you know, stumble over and over and over again. This just seems like something that people are going to keep stumbling over and over and over. My biggest question is um, why not put, just push back these games? I understand that Arkham Knight was like already pushed back, right? They pushed back the release date for that. Yep. Um, but I'm pretty sure most PC players would rather wait, let's say, an extra month. Yeah. An extra month for this game to come out and come out perfect mm-hmm. than get a piece of crap. Yeah, on the you know retail date that they promised. Yeah, and it, the problem with doing that is like you're putting out this game, and now all these people bought this game, and it just makes them not want to play it. You know, a lot of people are going to ask for refunds, and they're not even going to bother buying it anymore. So why not just? Uh, I'm pretty sure no one would be upset with a game being pushed back. Like, let's say if if. Uh, November comes around and Fallout. They're like, you know what? Um, this game isn't gonna like 
we need to work out some more bugs. Give us a, another like two months. Let's say Fallout came out in like January or February. Yeah, I would be okay with it because you know that you're going to get a better product in the end. Of course, yeah. you're going to be upset, and everyone's going to be upset by it for like a week or so. Yeah, well, and then after that, everyone's kind of just going to teeter down and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of used to games being pushed back. It seems like a lot of like big title um, games, at least once again, once again for consoles, get pushed back a lot. I mean, look at GTA Five. GTA Five got pushed back how many times? A lot, a lot. And then, uh, and then the console, the like upgraded version, kept getting pushed back. And like the heist is something that they promised like really yep. early on, but it took about a year and a half for them yep. to like do that. I mean, I'd rather them take another six months to put in a really cool feature in the game for free. Right. And instead of just, you know, have it from the get-go and just have it be completely buggy and unable to really get on. Hell, that happened with, you know, once again, with GTA Five trying to play online when I first got it on the 360. I tried to get online, and it took me a good 45 minutes to even get a server to, to get me just to get through that intro mission, that intro race mission. Yeah, yeah. Just I so you get they're to having, name. like, so many server issues, like, right at the beginning I and mean, it's all ironed out now for the most yeah. part but i remember that being a big issue because you would jump in and then it would be like this server's full mm-hmm. well you think you'd kind of be more prepared for something like that yeah <sighs> but hopefully i, I want to see like an and i want to see this trend stop because we're, we've had a lot of games released in like those last like year or two that are like almost unplayable yeah. at launch. Mm-hmm. Like you see like Assassin's Creed Unity. Yeah. Had such a big problem with that. And of course, like most of the stuff they fix within like a week or two. But they should it's not that's not like a open completely open world like RPG mm-hmm. game. Cause that those I give a little more like leeway to, like Fallout. Yeah. Or Skyrim. Or The Witcher. Like, I, of course, there's going to be big-ass problems because those are big-ass games, and you can essentially do anything. Yeah. So, of course, there's going to be certain things that are going to bug out. But with a game that's more, like, compacted, I guess. Like, kind of, like, streamlined and linear a little bit. Yeah, and something where it's like, okay, if it was, like... Mm-hmm. Linear is probably not the right word, but... Yeah, it, it's a kind of linear, yeah. I would say. Um, but it's not, like, something small... Like, to the fact where, like, faces were disappearing. Like, you couldn't, like... Like, that didn't come up in, like, you know, QA, and, like, nobody caught that. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I have, like, a real issue with. Um, but moving on. Um, we had some interesting news earlier in the week. Um, talking about the NX. Okay. What is the NX for people who don't know, like myself? Okay. So, the NX is... It's codename NX. That's what Nintendo is naming their new console. Mm-hmm. They haven't give us, given us an actual name on it. They haven't actually talked about it at all. They've just said that they're working on their next thing, and it's codename the NX. Okay. Um, but they said they wouldn't talk about it until next year at E3. So, they made a really big state point this year to um, be like, NX won't be at E3. Our mobile games won't be at E3. Um, they said we're going to talk about it in 2016. Okay, well they're they're still kind of jumping the gun, even if they're waiting a whole year to talk about it again. I well, mean, the reason why they talked about it in the first place, um, and it makes sense, was during the mobile announcement that they were going to make mobile games. Mm-hmm. Um, they told this was during a like shareholders meeting. They told everybody like, don't worry, we're not like stepping out of the like console. Um, realm to go to mobile games we are working on a new console so they kind of said that just to um, 
make sure like investors didn't freak out or anything. Yeah. Um, of course, people heard about this, so it became like a big deal. Yeah. Um, but they said they weren't going to talk about it. But recently, um, let me read this. Um, there's a report that cited that um, Nintendo gave this company uh, Foxconn, which is a Taiwanese supplier and manufacturer of, of like tech products. Mm-hmm. Um, they like greenlit to start pilot production, quote unquote, of the Nintendo NX. Uh, the pilot is expected to kick off by October 2015, and orders expected to be finalized by March 2016, with mass production to start by May or June 2016. Um, and so that Nintendo will be looking to ship 20 million units of the Nintendo NX during its first year. Um, now, this is just like um, this is just sources that are very familiar with these kind of things. Yeah. Like, of course, nothing said in Sony. Nintendo hasn't come out and said anything. Um, but I find that so interesting that they... Um, it says that the reports claim that Nintendo's anticipated to release this in July of 2016. <laughs> okay, that's bullshit. So, that seems a... Like a really, really soon. Yeah. First of all. Well, I mean, like if you look at it, the con- like how how far into the Wii U's con- um like console lifespan are we? Like four years. Four years. So that's like just a little bit over half. Maybe three years. Okay. So well, so I guess say the safe estimate is about half. About halfway into its lifespan, because the typical console has about six years of lifespan. Yeah, but the thing is, like the Wii U, let's be honest, has had fairly poor sales. And part of that might be because of, you know, the misconception behind it. A lot of yeah. people kind of just thought that the gamepad was going to be an attachment to, like, the the, the, Wii. the original Wii. Um, they didn't make, like, a big enough point to say, like, this is a the different console, new, calling yeah. it something new. Um, so I can see where they would want to get away from this Wii U, like, as quick as possible. Yeah. Kind of realizing that it's not going to be all this great of a seller and just kind of like push it behind him. I mean, it kind of sucks for people like me who bought a Wii U, but yeah, I just kind of, I just kind of find it kind of almost infuriating because like it's, it's just, it's just so soon. And the thing is that we don't know if this is going to be like a home console that NX could very easily be like the next version of the 3DS, mm-hmm. um, which is That's also true. a possibility. They are, um, they are pretty much like I think that's where they make most of their money is like the handheld yeah. market anyway. Uh, they're really the only ones who are left in the handheld. Pretty market. much, technically, there's like the Vita, but that the whoever for the most part, yeah, them. is just you know gone. Um, but I, it's it's very interesting that it would be so soon, and the date that they're lining up is like July 2016 is when they're expected to sell them. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think like okay, so. E3 next year is going to be at the end of June, I believe. Like, June 20-something. Yeah. Um, That means that they would go into their press conference and essentially be like, and this is out, like, now. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Essentially do that. That that would suck. And the only problem with that is, like, you see how good that happened before, right? Yeah. The Dreamcast announced it on stage. They were like, yeah, you can go get the Dreamcast right now. 
And you can see how well that's a Well, pretty much, like, like the, the Dreamcast, like, at least as far as I know, in Japan, I'm not sure about the United States, they couldn't keep them on the shelves long enough. They couldn't, or they couldn't have enough stock in the store to keep the Dreamcast. It doesn't matter how much consoles you sell, but if you don't have, like, enough people, like, people buying enough games for that console, no one's going to give a shit about it for much, long, for, for much longer. True. Another thing is, it's like... Okay, usually with consoles, they announce them a little while out, and that way you have, like, you know, people like me and you who are fucking poor, let's yep. be honest. Like, we, we, you know, we don't have enough money to where we can just be, like, rich people and go in and walk in and be like, yes, let me get that $400, $500 item, you know, like, on a whim. And then, so, like, these three, you know, $60, $80 launch titles right, to go so, along with it. So, for people like us... When we hear about these things, it's kind of like, okay, I want an Xbox One, so let me go and save up some money, yep. or let me go and like you know pay off this credit card a little bit, or yep. you know we we gotta have time to do this. Yeah. So I feel like that's always like kind of like a bad idea to yeah. do that kind of a thing, pretty much, because you're not gonna have a strong enough launch as you'd like. Yeah. I, the only reason why I bought my Xbox One was because I had no money on my credit card. And I just, I literally just got paid the day before and I was bored as shit and I wanted something to do. So I, said, I got, fuck my, it. I said, fuck it. And I bought myself an Xbox one and right. I'm best, sure best I'm day sure, ever. Really? I'm sure you were thinking about it beforehand. I was thinking a lot about the stars kind of aligned. Yeah. Like everything just kind of worked out pretty well. Like I just woke up and like I did, I did like all the yard work that needed to be done in the, around the house. I fixed everything that needed to be fixed. And then I still had, it was like. 10 o'clock in the morning and I was like well, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with the rest of my day nothing showing in the movie theater so fuck it why not and, and that's what I did I think uh, my Xbox One story I woke up one morning and I had requested like a credit limit on my uh, like increase on one of my credit cards <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a lot higher than I had expected yeah um, and I woke up and I was like holy shit and I was like well I do need a new TV so I was gonna get a new TV I need something to go with this TV. No, right, because I bought the TV. I go home. I plug in my 360 into it. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to fucking work. So I like, went <laughs> Not with home. your Frankenstein version of a 360, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we... Uh, or not we. I waited, like, a day or two. So I had to, like, suffer through this Xbox 360. <laughs> like, this, my Frankenbox, because, you know, the cover had been torn off. And it's just you could see all the insides of yeah. it. Um, I had to suffer through this for a couple days because the they had announced a price drop for the Xbox mm-hmm. One uh, at that point, and it was going to happen like on that Sunday or like that Friday or something. So I had to wait a couple days. But I remember like first thing in the morning, I like went and tried to get. Um, I got the Sunset Overdrive bundle with yeah. the white Xbox um, for like three hundred fifty bucks. So I was like, yeah, this is this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, you know, it just, if the stars are right like that, then yeah, you know, you might be able to do that. Yeah, you can pretty much just get it on a whim, but as far as right now, because I don't work anymore, and so money's tight for me, and I have my Xbox One, and I'm kind of just like waiting for these free games to get on gold, so that way I have something interesting to play. Yeah, so you're not pacing myself through, uh, through like all the games I do have right now, which is like not that many. I have like four. I have like four games. Yeah, I um, I went and bought a. So uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is the uh, ultimate game sale that Xbox is having right now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like over like 40 or 50 titles like that, all discounted, all digital copies. So if you're a digital gamer like I am, this is great. Um, I bought Dying Light uh, yep. yesterday. That's a game I've wanted to play, but I didn't want to pay 60 bucks for. Yeah. I picked it up for like 35. Nice. This isn't bad. Um, if you're a fan of Lego games, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of comic books, um, the one thing I would suggest you go get like right away is uh, Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. <laughs> um, I actually, actually heard that one wasn't too bad. It's actually pretty good. Um, it's got you know all these DC characters and villains. Uh, Kevin Smith is in the game. <laughs> Conan like vo- is like narrating part of the game. <laughs> but usually this game is like sixty bucks. The mm-hmm. version, the deluxe version that comes with the season pass content and everything, is like sixty five, seventy dollars. Yep. Right now it's on sale for like twelve or thirteen dollars. Wow, that's a fucking huge ass sale. That's, that's I don't, I don't, I'm probably gonna get it even though I don't know if I'm gonna really play it. Mm-hmm. But at that price, I just like you have to. Yeah. I have, like, some kind of interest in playing the game, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's some other big titles, you know, like 40 50% off. Um, pretty much the big games of the last the, of this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going to find anything like Steam sale price for, like, 7 or $8. Yeah. But, you know, 40 or 50% off on, like, an Xbox store game, that's not too bad. Yeah, I think recently, I think the most recent thing I've been playing is just, uh, like, I said I wouldn't really ever play an Assassin's Creed game again, but (laughs) Black Flag was free. If it's free. And I was all like, yeah, why not? So You know what? Black Flag was actually a good game. I'm I'm surprised how much I'm digging it right now. I thought for a while I was going to be playing as Henry Rollins, but I wasn't. I was a pirate, which is still pretty cool. Yeah, and you can play as a pirate, and you're just, like, going around, like... Fucking doing pirate shit and like being in a pirate boat and like, I liked it. I enjoyed yeah. playing it. It's it's not it's not bad. It's um it's pretty good. It actually kind of makes me. It feels um, a little removed from like the normal Assassin's Creed yeah, games, right? Like the whole Desmond saga and shit. Yeah, yeah, because it you're you're like going around from like the to all these different islands, right? And some of them look like pirates of the Caribbeany, almost like yeah. right. So it just kind of has that weird feeling of like. Weird, like almost like Adobe style, like buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. Um, yeah, that um, that kind of covers all the um, video game news for this week. Um, we had, yeah, of course, there's little news here and there. I'm sure that we're missing, but for the most part, this I is kind of like all the big stuff that kind of happened this last week. Um, we can keep going in the movies. Uh, we can take a quick break if you want. Let's, uh, let's take a quick one real quick. All right, let's go and take a quick break, and we'll be back, and we'll talk about movies, because we actually have, like, a huge list of stuff yeah. that we should be talking about this week. Um, we'll be back. So we're back. Um, you know what? Something I realized we didn't do. We didn't talk about uh, what we've been up to this last week. Yeah. And might as well just do this now. You're just telling me you went to go watch uh, Terminator Genesis. Yeah, Terminator Genesis. Uh, lots of shenanigans to be had in that in that movie. Uh, they kind of just, as I was saying, um, I guess I'll just recap what I was saying earlier. They 
kind of ignore the second movie, which is like objectively saying is the best movie of the entire Terminator series. Um, and they kind of just like gloss over it. The only reference they really put in it is spoiler alert: there's a liquid metal Terminator in the movie, um, and it's when Kyle Reese goes back to the uh, to 1984, I think. No. Whatever, but he goes like when Kyrie initially goes back in time. He like, the inter- the Terminator he encounters is not the Arnie Terminator. It's the Robert Patrick ish Terminator, the liquid metal Terminator. But instead, it's played by an Asian dude. And even then, that's like only like thirty minutes long. So it's like I don't know. There, there's a, there's a lot of cool opportunities that they that they set up so for they themselves. Kind of like missed though. Yeah, but they they kind of missed the mark on a couple of things. But other than that, like uh, it's not horrible. Is like I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought it was gonna be bad, like super fucking bad, but it wasn't extremely horrible. Like literally, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger carries that movie so much. It's well, insane. It's kind of like on his shoulders because I feel like the Terminator movies are focused around him, right? So. Pre- pretty much, but like it's supposed to be about John Connor and the future, and you know, you know, saving everybody uh, in from you know this horrible, horrible you know war against the machines. And in the second movie, it was all it was all about you know Edward Furlong's John Connor, right? And and like in the set in the first movie, it was all about Linda Hamilton's uh, you know. Uh, Sarah Connor and her and her journey through that and her relationship with Kyle Reese throughout the movie, um, like and the Terminator was kind of a bit of a side character in both of those movies. But however, you know, in this one, like the Terminator's in you know full is like is you know and kind of like the main character of the movie, and he just kind of like it's surprising that his performance as a ro- as the most you know stone faced robotic character that's pretty much like you can't even really be called acting right. is like the best performance in the movie. So I don't know. Rent it. Mm-hmm. How rent was it. how was um. I'm assuming they made Arnold look a lot younger than he actually is now, right? Okay, so so here's the explanation for uh, everything happening on how he looks, um, because you probably you may or may not remember that he has like uh, gray hair uh, in the in part of the uh, of the uh, trailer is because the uh, the uh, <laughs> the skin that wraps up the Terminator. Is still living human tissue, so it ages like human living tissue. So, so that's how they get around his whole being old, him being old. And I'm going. In all honesty, I was kind of like expecting some stupid explanation, but that simple explanation kind of was like, yeah, I'll buy that. I guess you know, in this yeah. world of you know, like you know, you know, functioning robots that are sent back in time, I can buy human skin that ages on top of a fucking robot. Yeah, I mean it's. I guess it's almost better than the uh, young the Jeff Bridges in Tron. <laughs> yeah, right. Because imagine if they would have just like CGI'd his face. Yeah. To make him look like you know, eighties nineties Arnold. Yeah, that might have been a little weird to stare at for a couple hours. Actually, for like hours at a time. Yeah, it would have been pretty bad. Uh, any games you've been playing? You mentioned you were playing uh, Black Flag. Yeah, that's pretty much the, like, the only thing I've been playing so far. I've been giving Rayman Legends a bit of a break because my thumbs are about to break on me if I continue playing that damn thing. It's just so much rage that can be followed by that game. You know, when you're playing uh, for so long, like you can be on a good streak, and then all of a sudden you'll just start like screaming over and over and over again, and just piss you off. And that's when you know you like need to like take a second and like step away from it. <laughs> yeah, that's not what Go I do. Eat. <laughs> Or something, and I have that same problem. But usually, it's 
Yeah, not usually, but it's in, like other games. Like when I was playing um, Arkham Knight, um, <laughs> at the very end, there's like a very increase in like the difficulty curve because mm-hmm. they just are like, let's see how many fucking enemies we can throw at you all at once. So you have your normal like mm-hmm. you know run of the mill bad guys. Yep. You have the grunts, and you have the brutes, which are the really big like strong guys. They have to like stun and then follow that up with a little like fucking crazy punching thing. Yeah. Um, you have the people with the weapons. There's people throwing shit at you. Um, some of the people with weapons have um, like cattle prod things, mm-hmm. which I think was in one of the old yeah. ones. Um, there's medics. And the medics will heal people you've, like, knocked out, and they'll bring them back. Or they will, like, give the normal grunts, like, this, like, electricity (laughs) thing. So if you punch them, you get shocked. It's just, like, it's all this shit. And I just remember, like, playing this. And I had been playing the game for, like, a couple hours at this point. So I was pretty fucking, like, just already, like, starting to feel that little bit of, like, fatigue. Yeah. And I'm just, like, playing this mission over and over again. I keep getting, like, killed. And I'm just so upset. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. I know I need to, like, step away from this for, like, you know, like, 30 seconds. Yep. Like, go do something else. But no, I just have to, like, be too hard-headed and, like, keep trying. And it's just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's getting... It's like, you get so good at a certain part of a game that you just... Like, all of a sudden, you're just too good. And you just like you screw you up on the easiest parts. Head. Yeah, you, you screw up on the easiest God parts. Damn it! God damn it! Because like, especially in a game like uh, Rayman, um, and you know any kind of other game where you're like it's like a platforming style game or anything like that, where you have to start back at the beginning when you <laughs> fail. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, my biggest issue isn't losing. My biggest issue is not making progress. Yeah. So if I get to point A the first time and I die, and I make it to point B. Mm-hmm. And make it, and then I die, and then I get stuck on point A again. Yeah, I get really, really fucking frustrated. <laughs> like for me, like I just like I attack it with brute force, and I just keep going at it until eventually I pass. <laughs> like, I, I've played, I played one level for a good forty-five minutes to an hour before just trying to get, just trying to get through because like it, like in Rayman Legends, think like, you have to, like uh, there's these like timed levels, right. and you have to uh, you have to get through. Um, a level like you have like uh, tiers, so you have like the forty second tier where you save like all three people who are about to be yeah. blown up into rockets, and then you have the the fifty second tier, and then you have the minute, and, and so like I just I've been like every single time I get like I don't get the forty second mark, I just do it over again, and I just keep attacking it over and over and over again, and I'll do and like, I'll find the pattern, and I'll do like all the patterns just right until finally like I get to like one part, and I'm just like stuck there because I just like. I just, like I just get lost in my own head, and then I just like keep screwing up over and over because I can't remember for the life of me to do that one single. Yeah, thing. and it's just like you, you you do get in your own head, so like you know like oh I need to like jump and hit at this point, but for whatever reason you're like hitting and then jumping, or you like jump too late, or you like jump too early, yeah. and you just kind of like get in your own head, and you're just like you know I know if I like stepped away for a second. I would be fine. I could come back and like you know beat this thing, but never works. No, nope, never works out. Moving um, on. <laughs> what have I been playing? So I beat Arkham yeah. Knight. Um, I want to start the new game plus, but I also want to kind of finish a little more of the side stuff before I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I said, I bought Dying Light. I played about an hour or two of that yeah. um, this morning. That seems pretty cool. I mean, uh, it kind of feels a little Dead Islandy. That's pretty much, like, um, I think, what Lobby were saying about it, wasn't it? But it, not in a bad way. So it kind of takes those at that aspect of, like, fighting zombies. Mm-hmm. Almost, because you know how in Dead Island you would, like, have to hit a zombie, like, a couple of times for it to, like, actually, like, die or fall over or whatever. It kind of takes that same feel to it. Um, but you can run around and jump on ceilings and parkour and stuff, and that's kind of neat. More parkour. Yeah. Par- I, thought, I thought that trend hard, ended. Hardcore parkour. <laughs> I thought that trend ended, like, a while ago, too. I was kind of glad to see it go, because, I mean, like, the only game it really works for is, like, the Batman games and for, like, Assassin's Creed, and that's You're about it. You're telling me that Brink didn't have the best parkour. <laughs> for the last time, Brink was the shittiest thing and the most expensive coaster I've ever bought, okay? <laughs> The parkour is pretty cool, though. No, I like the I like the movement maneuvers in that game, even though everything else was broken. Um, anything else I've been playing? Um, I was gonna play Mortal Kombat this morning, but I couldn't get the Predator DLC yeah. to download just yet, so I'm probably gonna do that a little later. Um, I think that's about it. Um, I downloaded a downloadable game on my computer uh, mm-hmm. called Not a Hero. Yep. Um, that game is pretty fucking great. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's like, you know, like an indie title. It's like 12 bucks. Um, it's from the same people who made Ollie Ollie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a shooter. It's like a 2D cover-based shooter almost. Hmm. So you, like, slide with A, but you can slide into cover. So, like, there will be, like, you'll see, like, a boiler mm-hmm. or, like, you know, some kind of box. And you'll hit A and you'll like duck against the wall. So when people are shooting and you won't get hit, you can like pop out and yeah. shoot people. Um, you can like slide under people and knock them over and like execute them. Hmm. That's kind of like a cool little like you know. That seems pretty interesting. Thing. Steam gets the coolest stuff. Yeah, they always get the coolest stuff. Yeah, so it kind of kind of a big reason to get like a Steam machine or yeah, like that that would be the next thing I think I would, I would probably get if I can swing that in some way. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's about it. I, I don't think I watched any movies this week, really, or anything. Yeah. Um, I bought three new movies. Now that I think about it, I got uh, added to my Blu-ray collection. I got uh, Heavy Metal, uh, old school animated flick. Um, pretty fun to watch. Uh, pretty crazy too. Um, it's just kind of like these like uh, four short um, short uh, animated uh, stories. Um, strung together uh, following like you know this like ancient artifact called the Lochnar it's pretty cool um, like sci-fi fantasy stuff so if you're into that check it out um, I got uh, Whiplash I've been looking for that one for the longest time because like for some reason no one wants to carry that in Blu-ray they only carry it in DVD yeah so uh, it was my favorite film of last year so I'm excited to have it now and I'm probably gonna watch it like to death over and over and over again and then I just got uh, another film that I've been looking for for a while, um, a classic film called uh, Sunset Boulevard, um, classic noir flick, uh, and you know, love it. Watched it. I watched it uh, last night. It was just as good as I remember it being um, when I first watched it on Turner Classic Movies. So well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Speaking of movies, um, we have a shitload of movie news for this week. I'm very surprised. Yeah. Um, especially because I think all of last week. There wasn't a whole um, lot. Yeah. But then I, like, looked at our uh, note this morning. 
or this afternoon, like, you know, while I was, uh, I got some lunch before I came over here, but I was looking at it, I was like, holy shit, Joey actually put stuff in here that we can talk about. Um, earlier in the week, um, they announced that the, uh, so Japan has these, uh, live action Attack on Titan movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced that they're coming to the West. Yeah. Um, fully subtitled in English. Um, and it's like a two part kind of a movie. Yeah. So they're releasing the first part in September and the next one in October. Is it actually hitting theaters or is it just straight to DVD kind of? It's going to hit theaters. Okay. From what I've heard. Actually, you're actually getting a theatrical release. Yeah. A lot of Japanese movies don't tend to get theatrical releases. Usually, they, um, usually a lot of filmmakers, they'll just take the Japanese movie and then they'll just like do their American version of it and then. You know, like, will it be in all theaters? I really doubt Asian, it. Asian, because I don't think it's got like this big enough uh, following, yeah, or like recognition in the states. Pretty much, that would, that would be like the biggest uh, obstacle they would have to hurdle over is just the lack of an audience for it. So probably, if it gets released in theaters, probably get a limited release at best. Yeah, they won't get a wide release. Probably hit a couple festival circuits, maybe. But it's just kind of an interesting one to bring to. Like to a live action flick, if anything, right? It's it's a it's very interesting because the Attack on Titan anime is so like so over the graphic, right? So So like weird and like it's very like emotional. I remember watching it just kind of being like grossed out, like especially in that first spoilers uh, in that first episode. um, You have. like the main kids like mom get eaten yeah first or second episode but like yeah she gets dragged away yeah she gets dragged away while the kid is watching and the titan just like bites her fucking body off or eats her it's just kind of it's just bites her in half and then like slowly chews it's it's pretty gnarly um I wasn't too big a fan of it when I first started watching it but like mostly because like when it comes to like like anime because I know for a fact that when they're like they would get released like a, like after the full run is done in Japan, then they release it into the United States. It gets right. dubbed or it gets um, subtitled, and then they release the whole thing in the United States. So when it first came on Toonami, um, I'm I'm just like never a big fan of the anime that comes on Toonami just because like I have to wait a week per episode. I would rather just like see if I really dig it by just kind of like launching into it because they because animes tend to build up too much to one particular point into like one episode and then that is and then after that episode then it's just like nothing again for like a good stretch of like you know four or five episodes until they build up to the next point yeah and i had the pleasure of watching it on netflix yeah so i didn't have that problem of having to wait like a week between episodes it's fucking blast to the whole thing i couldn't like stop yeah. watching it um but the story gets really interesting like halfway through Halfway through the first season, once they actually start, like, fighting the Titans. Yeah. And then later on, uh, there's a big twist that I'm not going to talk about. But, you know, near the end of the season, yeah. shit starts really going down. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that they're working on it, but I, it's not going to come out this year. I think they've said it's going to come out next year. Um, I'm really curious about what the movie's going to do. Um. Is it going to be more so encompassing of all of the story, or is it going to be just that first season essentially live actioned? Yeah, um, it would be kind of a weird thing to do because like when you when you take like 
you know, 12, 30 minute episodes, which are technically about like more like 20 minutes per episode. Right. You know, you take like 12 of those and that's like what, about two hours. And so you have like, about two hours. It's no, 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 no. Yeah, it's like four hours. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 120 minutes, two, 240 minutes. It's yeah. so like four hours. And, uh, so you have like all, so you have like four hours of content that you have to like crunch down into like an hour and a half to two hours. And so you're going to cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you can, and not that you can't do it, but you miss some of those things, those character building moments you miss. Like, cause that's one of the things that's going to get cut. Of course, um, these side characters that are going to die, mm-hmm. uh, you learn more about them and their backstory. So when they get killed or, you know, whatever happens, yep. um, in a show, you feel a lot more of an emotional. You have a, a bigger emotional response to something like that. Yeah. It, where in a movie, if they're not really building up these characters and one of them dies, you're like, ah, fuck it, who cares? Yeah. I didn't know that person. At so. that point, you just kind of want to watch it for the body count that comes up. Right. Um, and Attack on Titan did a really good job of building those big character moments and making you really appreciate these characters and. Um, just really like almost care for him yeah um and then they would just randomly kill him off almost in like a game of thrones style <laughs> right like, where it's just like, like, ever since walking dead and game of thrones like as soon as you attach to a character they're gone yeah and, he, and without like usually they save like deaths and stuff like that for you know end of the season for like big numbers and everything mm-hmm. nope like there's a new fucking trend in shows and movies where it's just like fuck it Kill off this main character. This guy's gonna die. In the second episode. Yep. You know, just a random episode. It's just... It, it's made me, like, keep on my toes whenever I watch TV now. Yeah. Like, I just kind of think, like, like, well, here's a new gimmick for all the new TV shows that are going to be happening. Not that it's, like, a bad thing, because it definitely... Because it, it takes away from that, like, you know, you can sit on your couch and watch a movie, and I'm sure this happens to you a lot because of how many movies you watch, but you're like, okay, so this is the part in the horror movie where they have sex, this is the part in the horror movie where the killer kills them afterwards or during, yeah. and this is the part where the lady runs across with no top off, and this is the part where this guy dies, and you just yeah. it's very predictable. But with this kind of, like, new format where they're just, like, killing people off, like, randomly, it just... It's fucking like nerve wracking almost. Yeah, I, I like I can see that. It's just that it seems like I think I can see it being used by lesser writers in uh, a worse way. Like as soon as like they go like they need to draw up some drama for the show or whatever, then they're gonna kill off a character, and then that's what they're gonna be relying on for like like that's gonna be their plot device. For like whereas like for The Walking Dead and for. Uh, Game of Thrones, those are just parts of the story. Right, but no, you have good writers in that. I mean, if you have shitty writers using these things, I don't think you're going to become attached enough to these characters with shitty writers for it to really even matter. Yeah. Because if you you have a shitty writer and a character that dies that you don't really care about, then you're just like, eh, well, he's dead. Who cares? You kind of saw this coming. Um... Oh well, hmm. yeah. it's just like it's just gonna be something that's gonna continue on for a little while longer. I'm just kind of wondering until like when that bubble's gonna burst or when the next thing is gonna start coming along. Because as far as because as far as I can tell, as long as far as Game of Thrones is gonna keep going, they're still gonna be doing that just because that's the way George R. R. Martin writes, yeah. and uh, and that's 
pretty much and like for the walking dead that's just the way the comic books have always been so it's there's no real avoiding any of that yeah because there's no kind of like big season like stopping for comic books no right? mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you have like these issues that release on a certain time frame whether it be a week two weeks three weeks a month whatever mm-hmm. um you don't have like a like a season finale for these yeah. things where they take a couple months off yeah um, so it's very it's very common in comic books to just have random characters yeah. just die. I think it's just it, like uh, it, like the way it's written from like the sources for Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, it just kind of happens a little bit more organically than the way I described like for like a hypothetical shittier writer to be doing right. it. I think it's, like it happens more organically in that sense. But as I said before, this is going to be the new trend more than likely, and then this is going to be copied over and over and over again by lesser writers or people who are not working from a source and like, then it's just going to become hackneyed and boring and like, yeah. j- j- just like um, just like slasher fix that are trying to be you know uh, actual horror films instead of you know like tongue in cheek kind of slasher right, flicks that right, are kind right. of making fun of themselves and the genre as a whole yeah um, yeah there's definitely going to be a piece of the system at some point in the future I'm sure um, for now uh, let's let's enjoy it though Cause that shit is fucking great. Yeah. Moving on to completely different types of movies. Yeah, let's talk about different movies um, where people aren't going to get bit in half by giant. I don't know. Maybe genitalist freaks. Maybe you can consider you know Steve Jobs a giant genitalist freak. <laughs> Have you seen how tight his pants are? Jesus Christ! Well, when he was alive. Well, so anyway, there's a new there's a theatrical trailer for uh, the Steve Jobs film uh, directed by Danny Boyle, written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, starring uh, you know Seth Rogen as Wozniak and uh, uh, that one asshole who's gonna be who's like in like every movie now Magneto what's his face Fastburger Fastburger yeah <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Fastburger home of Fastburger may I take your order um, so Fastburger's gonna be playing Steve Jobs in this one instead of you know Ashton Kutcher uh so this is kind of like the start of the Oscar season, and because this movie is gonna be released, I think in October. So when are the Oscars? So the Oscars are usually in uh, February or March, okay. like late February, early March. Um, and uh, I think last year was like mid February. I think I can't remember, but. Um, but it's at the beginning of the year. It's it's at it's, it's at near the beginning Quarter of the year. Long. First, yeah, first through you know four months of the of the year, and um, usually the movies that tend to get released are the movies that are released um, from the time span of uh, October to um, to up until January the up until right, kind of like up about until a month Oscars. or so beforehand. Yeah. You usually they get released before that. They have like a lot of them get limited releases, and then they'll get like their wide release just before the Oscars. Right. Um, and uh, it's kind of kind of surprising to see that you know Oscar flicks are getting wide releases because us- they, they're usually the more artistic films of all the movies that are released, um, and those don't normally do so well in the box office to garner a wide release, despite the fact that they still don't do that well in box offices. Um, they ret- they re- they routinely tend to lose money right. or they break even maybe, and uh, you know that they're pr- pretty much just these are movies that are made for the Oscars. So, like, with Steve Jobs, it's kind of like the first of the bunch to be released. Uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, this first of the bunch to be released for the Oscars. It is, uh, you said October, right? 
I believe now, do so. We, do, let me ask you this, because um, I'm not too keen on the Oscars or anything like that. Do we ever see like Oscar flicks come out before that? Like, before October, um, they're released and they can still be like considered, but I figured it's just kind of that far-off thing where they're not really... As, as long as it fits within the timeline of, like, I think it's like a month. I want to say it's a month afterwards. I just like This is not me really reading up on anything. Right. This is me just kind of like noticing trends, trends and right, stuff right, right. in the film industry. Um, uh, it, it seems to be like maybe like a month afterwards... Um, after a movie is released, uh, after uh, the Oscars, then that's when the timeline picks back up. And as long as it, as long as it fits so, between that and so, let's say if we had a movie January. release in April, right? Mm-hmm. That would be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would say that those movies are more than likely those are to go under the radar because they're they're so, so far early, off, yeah. right? They're they're so far off. The only movie to ever, as far as I know, to ever get Oscar attention. And win Best Picture as long as as well with uh, other awards that was released early was a film called Silence of the Lambs um, with Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster, um, and uh, that was released fairly early into this into the season, which I think was like released in spring. It was released in spring. It was even before summer, right. so it was released in spring, and. Uh, and that one won Best Picture. And the reason why it won Best Picture, a lot of people are saying, is because of uh, the home home video market. Like This is back when VHS was still a thing. Very big. Right. And um, when uh, it got released on VHS, uh, uh, people it was still within the public consciousness enough um, for people to kind to of still see it. Mm-hmm. Oscar to, season. Okay. Pretty much. That makes sense. Like, um, I get, I, you see that kind of same thing happen with video games and Game of the Years. Pretty much, Usually yeah. games that, like, Dying Light. Dying Light came out in February. Yep. Um, but I can almost assure you that it's not going to be a Game of the Year, and it's kind of going to miss that list. Yeah. Because most people are like, oh, I guess that did come out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure is kind of the same thing that happens with the Oscars, where they're like, oh, I guess that flick did come out, like, you know, yeah. earlier. Pretty much, like, um, the Oscars that are going to be happening in 2016 are going to be for the films of 2015. That's usually the way it works. Right. Um, and pretty much, like, uh, I'm like this is the start, as I said, this is the start of the Oscar season with uh, this with this film. Uh, Danny Boyle has been, you know, a notable director. The last film he won an Oscar for was uh, Slumdog Millionaire, won Best Picture, and you think he got him Best Director, I think. Right. Um and so I'm kind of excited to see what's going to be in this new batch of Oscar flicks. Um, as as we said before, with like some uh, like as we were kind of talking about with earlier release films, like Whiplash, as I was talking about earlier, that I just right. got that was released earlier with uh, with uh, Sundance, right? And um, that was kind of picking up steam and got a release deal with a couple production companies, and then. Thing got like released it with like bold and I think it was just bold, yeah. And uh, they um, and so that kind of got released early and was nominated for best picture, best director, best uh, adapted screenplay, actor, supporting actor. It only really won supporting actor, which is kind of a shame, but um, and uh, like so I'm kind of excited to see what's going to be new because like and now it's just kind of making me think like a lot of these you know uh, Sundance films are kind of getting a little more recognition as we talked in earlier podcasts with Dope and me Earl and the Dying Girl um, so yeah just kind of really looking forward to this um, new crop of uh, Oscar so like these books. movies of course have already like been released to some extent and been seen mm-hmm. by the public 
but you can see them probably more so getting like a very very wide release sometime later in the year right to kind yeah. of hit that oscar mark you usually they'll get a wider release sometime in the year usually try and attempt to kind of make up some kind of like make up money um for right they right. uh, spent making the film um usually within more independent flicks uh you know it's kind of the same deal they'll try they're trying to make their money back um from advertising and from uh and from the initial release deal that they paid for the movie right so because um, the way the way it works is that you know these independent filmmakers is that they shoot the film. They garner, they garner their own funding and they shoot the film, and then uh, then you know they submit it to Sundance and then it shows a Sundance and then you know hopefully there's some bids on the movie to release it. Right. Um, that's the way these independent films are working right now. Um, there are some other studios who kind of you know find scripts and fund other independent flicks, but usually this has kind of been the main way it's been going about for a while. At least these are the more notable films I've been going about. It's kind of like make your own work and put it out there, and someone will pick it up, as opposed to wait for someone to pick it up and then make the movie. Yeah, instead of kind of like you know some guy writing a script and hopefully and sending it to studios, that same guy will. Make the movie, yeah. Usually and then show it off, yeah. Usually, um, usually that's what it was, um, and also like you know, like same with short films is that you know sometimes they'll just um, adapt a short film into a larger film, mostly because they kind of want to show, um, you know, like especially like a first time director, they'll be like, yeah, hey, look, this is you know, I'm, able, I'm capable of this, right, right. Are you willing to get behind this? And some people say yes, some people say no. Um, same with you know, direct for first time directors. Or editors or producers, they'll make a like what's it called like a sizzle reel, and a sizzle reel is what they do for uh, like um, they'll have like a particular idea, they'll have like a vision for like something um, that they want to do. Right. Like a, a really good example of this is actually this fake trailer for um, uh, for uh, Night Rider. Um, if you ever go on YouTube, just type in uh, Night Rider trailer and. Um, There'll be like this big picture, like Chris Pratt on it, and uh, and uh, that is essentially a sizzle reel. It's kind of like this mock-up trailer of what right. you want uh, of like other existing films, and you'll cut them together, and that's what you'll want the movie to look like. Right. So that's what directors. That's what you know. Kind of like um, the well-known directors do, and you know, new directors do, is that they'll kind of like chop something together real quick. They'd be like, "I want to," and then of course they would go to studios, present these, and be like, "This is what I want to do." Something along those yeah. lines. Like, this is the property I want to make. This is what I want it to look like. Um, and then you know, if you know, the, if uh, the executives or whoever he, they talk to think they can make some money on it. They'll um, it they'll no. they'll push it forward right. further into production, and then um, you know they'll get a script together, and then uh, after that they'll you know uh, you know try and push it into greenlit production unless it gets you know caught in hell, then you know goes so away. So you're telling me all I need to do is to be a big time movie director. What I have to do is I have to <laughs> I have to cut parts of Fast and the Furious. I have to cut parts from Jurassic World. I have to cut parts from Jurassic Park. And I'm going to make a racing dinosaur movie. And take this to the studios. <laughs> and Vin Diesel is going to be it. And the T-Rex from Jurassic Park is going to be it. In it. And the Andromedus Rex from Jurassic World is going to be it. And they're all going to be the stars. And somehow the car is going to be big enough for the dinosaurs. But also small enough for Vin Diesel to drive. And they're going <laughs> to drift. And then they're going to fly out of helicopters. Not only does this sound like a bad fan fiction, 
I want to write the screenplay for this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to write this horrible fanfiction screenplay for this. Let's make this sizzle real. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Making it sizzle. All right, so let's talk about some more uh, trailers here. So uh, Crimson Peak. Um, Crimson Peak is another trailer that was uh, it was released a while ago. I wanted to put it on uh, one of our talking lists for a bit, but I just kept on forgetting about it. Um, it's uh, this new horror flick that's coming out. I want. I think it's based off of H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Um, and uh, like, I let's see. Hold on, let me get a look it up real quick. Crimson, because I want to say it's done by Guillermo del Toro. Okay. It's starring, it's starring Charlie Hunnam and then the dude who played Loki um, in it, and uh, it's set to release in October, October 9th and I'm pretty excited about it because one, I love horror flicks. Yeah, directed by Guillermo del Toro, written by, and also Matthew Robbins. Um, I'm pretty excited for it because every year I get really disappointed by um, the lack of horror movies in the month of October. Yeah, Um, yeah, because that's the time to put them out, right? Yeah. Halloween. That's what I want, and there's never horror movies in the month of October. There's, There's maybe like one or two and they're usually as a end like you know they're okay but for the most part like uh horror flicks that do come out in october usually they'll like sometimes they'll rush it and it'll come late and it'll be really horrible example ouija if anyone ever saw that no one did it had like squeegee, squeegee the movie squeegee, like squeegee, squeegee the movie <laughs> it, was like, it was horrible he just murdered everyone with squeegees it was frightening it was like took forever <laughs> to kill were, one dude they were fucking clean they, afterwards they were God clean as shit you had no idea how much like how much time he had to scrub away the skin it's just like, so he get down to the bone oh my god the cop show up and they're like god this guy got murdered in his car but god damn it his window's looking impeccable he's <laughs> like do you see how white that bone is no blood at all wow this guy is good but um but the case in point was ouija that movie was horrible that movie was just it was god awful i don't like like it had like a four percent on rotten tomatoes i'm I'm assuming that has to do with like ouija boards yeah essentially like these like shithead kids like you know dick around with a ouija board on halloween night or some bullshit like that and then surprise surprise demons and death and stuff come for them and they die so uh crimson peaks looks really interesting it's it's like uh this is set in victorian times it's uh, kind of like uh, this uh, woman gets married and they go back to like uh, the family manor of her husband and uh, it's 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 essentially haunted. Right. And Guillermo del Toro is really good at ghost stories. If you ever if you uh, got a chance to see uh, the orphanage, really good, all in Spanish. So Johnny, you'd be able to watch it without subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> I had to watch I might it with be, subtitles. I might be a little too lazy at some point. <laughs> I'm not gonna. It's like that part of my brain's being turned. Too much off. translating. I'm just gonna turn on the subtitles. Yeah. Um. So that one was pretty good. That one was actually very good. Uh. And then you get to uh, uh, his uh, earlier or like some of his earlier earlier stuff called The Devil's Backbone. Um. Also, it's like a, a Spanish uh, horror story. Um. More of a ghost story than anything else that takes place in the, the orphanage. He, he's got to be pretty fucking good. Um. To the fact that you know he's. He's tried to direct horror games before, yep. horror video games before. Like this is, that should kind of be a testament to how good he is at what he does, yeah. right? He, well, he's as far as horror, so good. Go. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's like, um, he's definitely one of my favorite directors alive right now. 
Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited that hopefully this like starts off a trend that kind of sees more horror flicks in the month of October. Because I just I just want them. I don't care even if there's like super horrible e- anymore. I just want like horror movies in the month of October. Right. And that's all I'm ever hoping for. And also, like, I'm kind of glad to see Guillermo del Toro make another movie. Um, you know, the last flick he made was uh, Pacific Rim, which was also it was just a fun movie to watch. Right. So I'm kind of expecting a lot out of this because it's just heavily stylized. Looks, um, it looks sharp. Looks really good. So let me go and ask you this. So you say you want horror movies in October. Um, would you rather have? Um, there's four weeks in October. Would you rather have four mediocre to kind of okay releases in October? As far as horror movies go, or would you rather have like one super fucking great horror movie? Mm. Like it, it's weird because when it comes to horror movies, I can take like mediocre to okay um, for the most part because like I don't like I don't ever really get scared in horror movies. Right. Um, it's like uh, it's just something I've grown out of, but I still love the genre. It's kind of the, it's like the thing I cut my teeth on when I was a kid watching movies. It's what the first things I really started getting into. Right and with uh that kind of situation i would honestly have to say like even though i really want to lean towards like the four movies in a month like uh four horror flicks in a month i'd rather have just like one like really solid fucking epic horror flick release in that month because you think crimson crimson peak i think could be that movie i think crimson peak could be that movie but it's like um i'm not really holding my breath for it um because I don't really think a lot of people are going to really get behind it all that much just from right. the looks of it because like it's set in Victorian area and people are going to probably have a predisposition thinking it's you know kind of boring or whatever um, even if after they see the trailer because you know people are stupid and it's like um, but I'm really looking forward to it. I think it can be a really great movie I think that like this is kind of like that dark horse movie right right for the Oscars in a way at least visually it's, it's it's a dark horse flick for the um, for the Oscars it's gonna get like a lot of like set design awards it'll probably get a lot of CGI um, you know uh, nominations and costume nominations and it'll probably like, like if it's done really well and uh, people will take it seriously uh, then it'll probably get like a little bit more for it too so I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see where this could take it if not it'll win Oscars that nobody really cares about pretty much <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's sad to say that the, the that all those technical nominations don't like don't matter to a lot of people who just go to watch movies but to me they matter yeah, to no, me they, they matter to, they, you see like um, movies that do such a great job at like really putting you in this world even if it's not um, even if it's not like a very good movie but like if like you know props are authentic if like costumes are of the time and like you know they look really, really good. Yep. That really kind of brings you into that story, even if like some of the actual story aspects are missing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, a lot of people may look those over there. They're definitely worth noting. Yeah. So um, also, just to kind of because like I'm already kind of getting in a bit of the Halloween spirit, even though it's like you know it's it's We're still like, three months three out, months but, out, but because yeah. like I I really I really love that that time of year. So like, what are your favorite horror movies like recently all since you were a kid that you recently that you just discovered that have been released a while ago um favorite horror movie is not really a horror movie 
It's a sequence in Dumbo. The geese. <laughs> the sequence in Dumbo where the fucking blue and pink colored elephants are everywhere. That terrifies me. <laughs> that was my that was my horror my fucking horror movie from when I was a kid. I remember like watching that and being completely terrified and like running out of the room. I know it's not oh, a horror movie, movie. <laughs> but that from like as a kid like you know because I didn't really watch any horror movies when I was a kid but I remember that being very terrifying um, I feel like I'm talking to like a psychologist <laughs> right now mm-hmm. go on <laughs> tell me about your mother um, she would tell me when that part of the movie was over so I can continue watching <laughs> Dumbo um, you know what I um, I really haven't watched a lot of like horror movies recently um, really anything that's just like I, I prefer more so like a horror setting than like a horror jump scare kind of a thing or just like a kind of gory yeah. like oh this person got their head cut off and there's blood everywhere like mm-hmm. eh, it kind of like makes you like a little queasy but not like really afraid yeah you know anything that kind of builds that suspense of like what are we afraid of mm-hmm. is really good have you ever seen the original Exorcist yes Okay, did that scare you at all? Yes. <laughs> How old are you when you saw it? Um, I was probably on the like um, higher end of like kid age. So, like 10, 11. Yeah, or so. like right in there. I remember that just being like gross and like not really understanding what was happening other than like some <laughs> fucking throwing up and shit and. The spider walked down the stairs and... Yeah, just like weird things. I remember being like, what the fuck is this? This is terrifying. The head turning all the way around and masturbating yeah. with a cross and pea soup vomiting. Yeah. So, so, like, okay, just in that sense, there's a lot of really cool horror movies. If anyone's ever interested in watching more horror films, such um, kind of like The Exorcist, I released in the 70s, uh, you know, check out... Um, you know, Rosemary's Baby or Suspiria, um, uh, Last House on the Left or I Spit on Your Grave. And if you want to get into the more gorier side, always check out the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, that one's always a crazy one to watch. Especially what you should do, probably a little closer to October, you should probably make a list. You know, we can put that up on the site. Yeah. Of like, you know, Those are just like ones I, I have off of my head. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, but that would be kind of a cool thing. Especially because, you know, you're such a – you love horror movies. Yeah. Horror movies are – yeah, I don't have a problem with horror movies. It's not like I don't like them. I just don't – really get a chance to watch them all too much and really like doesn't like horror movies a lot so that kind of takes away from me being able to watch horror movies those are always the best people to just like like you're gonna watch this and i'm gonna just like torment you the entire time we're gonna watch this (laughs) (laughs) and also what you need to do halloween horror nights need just drag whoever is not into horror movies or into any of those things Drag them there and scare the ever loving shit out of them. That's what I, I want to do that this year. We should definitely. Go. I want to do it this year. Uh-huh. I really wanted to do it for the like last couple of years. We'll have to. Um, of course, as we get a little closer, we'll. Um, you have to come down there. We'll like record our episode and then head down there. Yeah, the pre Halloween Horror Nights episode. Be dope. And then our uh, post Halloween Horror Nights shit ourselves episode. <laughs> Where we just talk about how scary it was. And we just, like, keep scooping all the crap out of our pants. <laughs> we're going to wait till we're at our location to film, to, to record, and then we're going to start scooping things out. <laughs> okay, so moving on to serious, 
to, to more to a more serious to genre not, film. To not shit ourselves, movies. Uh, more so like a movie to kind of make your to, like actually both movies will kind of make you sad and upset. Um, the first one, uh, so, so like recent news is that Netflix is going to be releasing feature films, um, and I think they're going to come out in theaters. I believe they're going to come out in theaters, and they're going to be uh, uh, released on Netflix. You know, instant right, and you know, for the whole world to see and everything. They already garnered like a deal with IMAX for a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, Green Destiny movie. They've been like really pushing, like they've they got on first with their uh, with their like own TV shows like House of Cards. You mm-hmm. have Orange Is the New Black, which is doing a really really great as far as like you know like ratings and stuff like yeah. that go. They have a couple other movies. Are not movies, but TV shows like Netflix originals that they're doing. Um, they've signed contracts with Adam Sandler to make like three, four like, movies. Four movies. Yeah. Um, the first one's called The Ridiculous Six, which should right. make you cry, as I said before, because it's another horrible Adam Sandler movie. Well, that's the movie. I mean, you had controversy with that movie even yeah. recently, where we you had actors walk off set. Yeah. Um, Native American actors walked off set. Uh, because and I, I kind of believe it too that a lot like a lot of um, imagery that they're using in Native Americans are very insensitive and uh, you know very racist as well. So I would imagine that they would leave. I would leave. It kind of makes sense. Angry. I mean, you think about what Adam Sandler's done. Rob Schneider's in the film as well. Um, with you know what they've done, like come on, like it's kind of expected. I mean, grownups and grownups too. Who I mean like the grownups really need a sequel? It, right. It, it, it didn't. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that they signed on for those four movies. Mm-hmm. They're um, making, of course, this other movie uh, called uh, Beasts of No Nation right. with uh, Idris Elba. Um, it's about child soldiers in Africa. Um, and once again, gonna make it probably gonna make you cry. And it's also another uh, like kind of movie in like in being considered for Oscar contention as well. Uh, mostly because of uh, right now subject matter. Because you know you don't know, make just a movie like that. Do for, we know uh, when that's going to be releasing? Roundabout. Um, they have um, released the release dates. Uh, damn it, I had it with me. And it's going to be like at the end of this year. I think it's going to be at the end of this year. Okay. Um, December, I believe, for the Adam Sandler ones, but. That's yeah, this uh, ridiculous six is gonna be set for release um, on December eleventh of this year, and um, let's see, excuse me, and then uh, October sixteenth for uh, the uh, Beasts of No of of No Nation is gonna be released um, in October. Yeah, that's gonna be a very Oscar baity film. Mm-hmm. That subject matter is just like if you make a movie about that. And you're making it like seriously, mm-hmm. like that shit. Fucking yeah, it makes people feel like shit. Yep, and people love that. I mean, like if you if you look back on like a like uh, another Leonardo DiCaprio movie um, called uh, Blood Diamond, a very serious subject matter. Wasn't that great of a movie? He got nominated for a bunch of stuff, regardless of it. Just because of that subject, subject yeah, matter, the like, horrible subject matter involved with it. That white guilt—it just like <laughs> all that white guilt. I mean, like, do you? You it's like no one really imagines where these diamonds from Zales come from. <laughs> like these diamonds from Zales and diamonds by Jared, and you know, even beyond white guilt, I'll just say like American guilt. But yeah, like it's just—it just makes you feel like shit. I think I think that's just kind of like world. I've never, guilt. I've, never, I've never bought a diamond before, but like. 
still feel like shit. Yeah. You know? It's just like, like I'm not contributing to this issue at all, but God damn. <laughs> it's like, sucks to be those people, I guess. Damn. I'm going to go back home and I'm going to eat, just, eat just, three meals. Just give him, like, all the awards. And <laughs> Jesus. God, Jesus. I think it's interesting. Do you think that uh, Netflix can... Is gonna like fully break into that market? Um, you know, uh, like the whole question about their sustainability in uh, feature films. I think they can because uh, you know they've been making you know regular uh, like television shows for a while now, and that's been picking up steam. And I think they right now have the confidence in them to go full head into original. Uh, full original into content. full like original, original movies, movies and stuff like that and I think they're going to pick up movies that would normally not be picked up uh, right. otherwise um, and I think that there's more of a market for them because like when you're bored and you're just watching Netflix all day you tend to watch movies you don't would you normally wouldn't ever right. really watch I mean like I watched you know Cabin Fever Patient Zero a movie I would never really have watched despite me liking horror films as I said uh, because you know Cabin Fever is a shitty movie um, I just never really been that big a fan of it, even though right. I'm, but like, it's, a fan it's of like it's all those movies where you're gonna be like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna get paid to watch that. But if it's on Netflix, you're like, eh, fuck it, I got like two hours I can waste, like I'll watch exactly. it. exactly. So like you know, you're gonna watch it. So there's a bigger market for these movies um, being released, and uh, it's like, and people are gonna like more than likely watch them. We're gonna they're gonna try and watch them. Right, right. So they're so they're I think more than like I think they have like a staying power within their own little bubble, their own little Netflix bubble, and then as far as like actual um release in theaters goes, um they'll probably be able to swing limited releases. I'm not sure how much money it's gonna take for them right. to, you know, get a distributor yeah, for wide it releases. Just, it just makes you think like how is it like viable in the sense that um so they make what like twelve bucks off of every Every uh, person, right? Yeah. Um, who has Netflix, and it just makes you think: like, is it viable that uh, they make money and make these films and then release these films on Netflix, like you know, completely free of any additional charges? Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Like, it, you kind of. You I think. I think it does. It. It. It's. I think it's harder to justify. Um, I think what they're doing is they're picking and choosing what gets wide release, like or like what's going to get released in theaters and what isn't. Right. Because right. like um, as we said with um, like this Oscar Beatty film um, with Idris Elba, that one like in order for a movie to get nominated for an Academy Award, it needs to be played in a movie theater. Right. And so that one is going to get played in a movie theater more than likely. Right. And. Um, and so what you're saying, ridiculous six won't get a theatrical no, release. I highly get an Oscar. doubt. I highly doubt that that they're going to actually release that in theaters. Um, I think they know better than that. Um, I mean, Hemlock Grove stopped after you know, like what one, two seasons. I, they they knew the best. Let me ask you this: so we're seeing this trend uh, recently with um, these. Uh, I don't even know what you would call them, like digital. Stage, like digital streaming services, Netflix, Hulu. Like you had Hulu recently, so um, the Mindy Project mm-hmm. was canceled. Yeah, and then Hulu came in and saved it. Yep, and renewed it on exclusively through Hulu. Right. Yep. Um, do you see this trend? This trend like happening more and more. I think so. Um, with these fan favorite shows that. Um, you know, big 
God, I don't even know what you would call them. You know, big like uh, like production companies. Well, they're, like they're they're on they're on network television, right? On or uh, cable television, whatever. Yeah. Um, but they get dropped or they get the axe. Yeah. Um, but they're very very popular shows. Yeah. Um, do you see like this like kind of saving grace of like Netflix? Like Netflix did it with Arrested Development. Yep. Right. Didn't really work out for the better for them, but yeah. Um, I think is something that's definitely going to keep happening because if you look back at like to like 1999, 2000, um, there was a little show that got a lot of people's careers started called uh, Freaks and Geeks. Right. Um, Judd Apatow original show, you know, starring Seth Rogen, James Franco, um, and like a handful of other people who kind of went on to have uh, pretty good careers. Um, and they is and that show got canceled after a season. Right. And uh, they had that happen today. That would have been easily picked up by uh, by you know Netflix or by Hulu. Right. So I think what they want to do is and like, and also what I think what they're doing is that they're trying to look for TV shows that look like they were about to pick up steam or they look like they were on their way to something bigger um but unfortunately it's met an untimely end because for a ratings aren't there yeah the viewership isn't there and you have to understand with viewership it's not like how many how good this show does once it goes to netflix or once it goes to hulu mm-hmm. everything is like ratings on air date on the yep. original air date and exactly. if those air uh if no one's watching that show on air date then it just it almost like it doesn't count, right? Pretty even very if, much. even if fan love is there, yeah. Um, people really people like asking for like you know uh, for the show back or people you know or like the handful of people who did watch it is not enough to sway a production company who like as we said is you know focusing on uh, ratings, right? Like, uh, because like television and internet are working very very differently. Like I mean like uh, as we said like I mean both require viewership but one requires you know ratings day of the rest you know will compile over time views just over time right yeah and you know and that's the way the um, internet's operating that's the way Hulu and Netflix are operating so that's so they have more leeway and when they can, it comes they to their can shows. see these trends right where where let's say with the Mindy Project like they can see that on Hulu. They can see this show has X amount of views mm-hmm. and, you know, all this kind of stuff like that. And they can see the potential for a show like this yep. that isn't going to do very well on air just because they don't get the viewings on yep. initial release date. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, just to see, you know, just and they hit that fucking nostalgia factor, too, especially with the rest of development. Mm-hmm. Um that's one of those shows that um, myself and very few other people actually watched that show as it aired on Fox. Yeah. And then it disappeared and everybody got sad. And then they released like the DVDs of it and eventually came to Netflix. And this show that nobody watched way back when yeah. picked up a hell of a lot of steam. Yep. And because it's a very well written show, it just got so many different little like aspects and just like little things here and there that just like kind of culminated into a really great show. I think a lot of people realize that years after it gone off the air. Pretty much. So it's and, one of, and I'm sure Netflix was like, oh, this show is getting a lot of uh, views. I'm sure we can revive this show. Yeah. 
and like these production companies they and like after like something like that happens and they kind of because like they're not completely stupid they're gonna see that you know this show has like all of a sudden has this brand new following right but they can't just you know like throw in you know uh, another season of the of that old show mostly because the rights of the rights have lapsed probably right and, and even if they haven't like with fox they would have to Get all of the uh, actors, actors together on board, and they have to pay their new salaries because you know more than likely which they is going to have be, a different yeah, which career. is going to be a lot more than it was before. I think Netflix can probably get away with paying them a little less because they're not as big of a yep. of a you know company. Uh, but let's say if they're going to Fox, they know that Fox has the money, so they're going to yeah. ask for more money, and there's going to be issues tied up there. Um, it's just it's a lot more work. Yeah, and also the fact that they would have to find a way to squeeze that show, especially if they rush it, they're going to have to squeeze that show into a lineup that's probably already packed full of shows. Right. And they're going to have to just kind of go, and they're going to have to move some things around, and then as soon as they move something around and something that was performing strongly, you know, they're, they're, that viewership dies off. From like a 10 o'clock to an 8 o'clock slot, and now nobody's watching it at 8 o'clock, yep. and those shows... And then that, that was going to be sent to the yeah, fucking that could be like a death, night. death blow to a show as yeah. well. Um, so, like, they have a very, a very you know, uh, delicate balancing game. Right. Um, that Netflix doesn't have to really worry about. They can just produce content and then just, you know, wait for the numbers to start rolling in. And it's, and eventually those numbers will get there. If, some, if the numbers don't get there, it's... Probably because word of mouth is, you know, the show's not good. Yeah, and those and those numbers, uh, they they have the time to just leave it on there and have those numbers come to them. So eventually, you know, everybody who's a Netflix user will watch this and be like, this is great, which will attract all these new Netflix users. Mm-hmm. And that's where they'll see their revenue come in. And they're fine with that. They, they have like that waiting game. Yeah. And they're, they have the money to, to let that be a waiting game. Whereas most studios or you know big television companies mm-hmm. don't have that, um, hopefully it's a trend that we see because there's a lot of good shows that seem to be getting canceled. Yeah. Uh, recently, they announced that Hannibal wasn't going to be getting a uh, was going to be canceled. Yeah. And I think they were checking with Amazon and with Netflix to see if they wanted to like save that property. Yeah. I'm not too sure if that happened or not. But I remember them talking about that, and I find that I find that very interesting. That now that once these shows um, have been canceled, that they kind of can go ask these other yeah. companies if it's okay to continue the show on there. Yep, they can bid out their show to other groups. Yeah, and as we said, kind of brings them back to uh, you know expanding their their lifespan and kind of being able to put their whole vision out there instead of having to be you know cut down too early. What I think this has started is like the death of the cable box. Yeah, a lot of people have been switching, you know, they shutting off their cable box and be able to go without it because of Hulu, and because of HBO Go, and because of you know Netflix and a bunch of other program, other uh, content providers out there. Right, right. And it just it's it's easier and cheaper to I could get a Netflix, I can get Hulu. Um, I have an Amazon Prime subscription, so I have an Amazon Prime uh, Instant Video. Um, all those things together are going to cost me less. Than if I had cable. Yep. So why not? And most of the time, I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to be able to watch this show when it comes out, but instead, I'll be able to watch all of it at once once it goes to Netflix. Yep. And which I actually prefer. Yeah. So. And eventually, in all honesty, we can kind of like if we're hyped for a show, uh, like if you kind of just like stave it off for like 
a week or so, you're going to forget all about it till eventually it gets to Netflix or who. Right, right. And then, and then you're going to be excited again, and then you're going to just like burn through the entire to do the entire series in like a week. Yeah, I remember like uh, I did that with uh, Breaking Bad, like yeah, final season. Um, of course, there's like all this hype, and I managed to somehow like stay away from most of the spoilers. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to watch it. But it's just like, yeah, it'll come to Netflix or, uh, eventually. And when it did, I remember uh, being very excited yeah. that it did happen. Um, and, you know, it's just, I, what, like 12 bucks a month, I think, for Netflix? Yeah. It's not bad. I can fucking afford 12 bucks More than I can afford what my cable bill right now is. And it is something like 60 or $70. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A month, so it just it just makes more sense to. Uh, the only reason I have cable now is because I'm locked into a fucking year long contract. Yeah. So that and also this that's that's the better part about having the subscription is that you can just you know end that subscription anytime you want. Yeah. So for whatever reason, let's say let's say you're going uh, out of you're like moving or you're not moving, but you're like going away for somewhere for a month. Yep. You can cancel your Netflix subscription. Not that you have to because you can watch Netflix on your phone or on your mm-hmm. uh, computer or anything, which is something that cable, cable doesn't offer. Um, but if you wanted to, you can cancel it for a month. You don't have to worry about paying, and then you can come back, right? Yeah. Um, that kind of freedom is uh, something that people really appreciate. Um, but let's, let's, con- let's go back to movies. Yeah. Let's stop talking about TV shows for a second. Um, or we can continue talking about TV shows and talk about something that happened a couple weeks ago. We talked about it, and now it's been resolved, and everybody's happy about it. Well, let's just continue on with that. Um, so The Simpsons, we had a, a big thing with uh, Harry, Shear. Harry Shear come a couple weeks ago um, where he was not going to sign on for the next couple of seasons of The Simpsons. And everybody was like, oh, no, everybody's freaking out. We, I remember we were pretty upset by it. And, you know, Fox and, like, you know, the producers of the show said that they were going to recast all of his roles. Right. Um, but thankfully, and drum roll, but Harry Shearer's coming back. Yeah. he uh, That actually happened. That was announced today. Yep. Um, right before we actually came to record it. So it actually worked out in our favor today yeah. until Tuesday to record. Um yeah, he signed on. It's going to be for four seasons, I believe, that he uh, signed on for. Um, yeah. Because um, I think that's what uh, Fox is uh, okayed at this point. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, it's comforting news to know that um, things aren't going to change there. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's something that we we're concerned about and we had a discussion about couple episodes ago you can go check that episode out i don't know what number it is but i think it was around like three or four yeah um but yeah we were asking is it going to be multiple people that are going to come in and play all those characters because i really doubt they can get one guy who can do all those um to do all those voices and it'd be kind of crazy um i think probably probably be a little bit more expensive to offer you know like a dozen roles to a dozen people and instead of you know having to just pay one dude to do those dozen roles, well, so. you think about that. But um, reports are that he is getting paid um, about three hundred thousand dollars per episode. Jesus Christ! Per episode. Now, even if that's and just even if that's just a ten episode season, which is something a trend you're seeing, but you know with yeah. animated, you kind of sometimes see a little more than that. 
even with just 10 episodes at $3 million yeah. per season. Like, And even then, we all know The Simpsons goes over 10 episodes per season. They right. at least have 20 episodes per season. So that's $6 million per season. Yeah. $300,000. $300, because he can make some killer voices. Like, and he can make like a dozen killer voices. I think one. I think that's just a testament to like you know people you know starting from the like starting from you know uncertain prospects from when they first started with the first season of The Simpsons, and now it's just grown to this giant uh, monolithic behemoth of you know titan of the uh, of the sitcom industry of the entire television industry. If anything, it's it's they have their own land in a theme park, right? It's it's not even that, but just. So it's the longest running animated TV show, um, one of the longest running shows. Period. In general, I would say definitely the I'm sure one of the longest running shows on TV right now, other than like Saturday Night Live and like which I want to count because it's kind of like a, a sketch show. But yeah, exactly. Um, as far as sitcoms go, like yeah, Jesus, uh, definitely you know one of the longest running shows. The dude's uh, 71 years old right now. Yeah, he's um, kind of an old like he. What the fuck are you gonna like if you're 71 years old? What the fuck are you gonna do with three hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> new wife every episode. <laughs> it's, like, it's like new wife every day of the week. That's exactly what Jesus he's gonna Christ. do. Um, but that's very very good news. We're very very excited mm-hmm. that he's uh, back and that he signed on with uh, you know the rest of the cast. Uh, he signed a contract for four seasons, mm-hmm. even though Fox is only. Um, renewed the show for two years now for yeah. so for two additional seasons so um, I'm sure Fox is going to renew again yeah. in two years like they, they have no reason to stop the show because it's just it's just going to keep going I honestly believe the show is going to keep going until one of the main cast members dies I mean like uh, you know uh, you know the woman who voiced uh, Edna Krabappel, uh she passed away but she only really did that one voice. She only right. did that one voice and like a couple others, and it was kind of negligible. So they were able to move on, press on without um, without her, and they were able. They just kind of killed off the character, um, you know, from the show. Uh, but you know, if um, one of the main guys, like Dan Castellaneta or Julie Kavner or somebody else, you know, uh, passes away, uh, then I think that's when the show is going to end. That's yeah, the only way I could see that. I mean. At the same time, though, you think about it, and it's like that might not be the case because, um, I mean, they were about to lose a big time voice actor mm-hmm. just now, and they were like, "Fuck it, we're just going to recast him." Well, that's like that's one thing, just for a guy to leave the show. Like that's that's one thing for a guy to just get up and leave the show. I mean, like, um, like with a guy like you know Jerry Seinfeld from you know from the eighties, and him one not wanting to do the show anymore. Um, mostly because you know it's his namesake, right. it's his namesake show Seinfeld. So of course he can't do a TV show called Seinfeld without a Seinfeld. dude named Seinfeld. Right. Um, so uh, with The Simpsons being like you know having to deal with voice actors, it, like if, so if someone walks away, that's one thing. But if someone dies, one it's going to be disrespectful to replace them to replace them. Because that's exactly what they're going to be doing. They're going to straight up being replacing a person on a show uh, and their voice. Yeah. And they're not. And everyone's going to know that's not the guy. And eventually, they're not. Gonna, they're not going to want to watch the show because this dude's dead. I don't like the fact that he's dead, and I'm getting getting constantly reminded for it. Right. So right. It, it's, yeah, as soon as someone that. dies, I think the show's going to end. Um. But even then, I 
not too sure about that. Just because the power of money can influence a lot of people to do a lot of stupid things. Not even that. This show is just it's such a, it's it's like a household name, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. anybody you go up to, you're like, oh hey, do you know who the Simpsons are? Yeah, they're gonna know. Yeah, they're are, definitely right? know who the Simpsons are. Um, so it it even though if something like that happened as tragic as that would be, I don't know if it would like stop mm-hmm. everything. Maybe that's just my personal opinion, though. Yeah. Uh, but either way, good news for on that front today. Um, I kind of almost guessed that it was going to be that way, but you know, it's yeah. kind of good to be reassured. Um, last bit of thing in um, in movies that I wanted to talk about. Also, news that was dropped today: um, the directors of the Lego Movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drawing a blank on their name right now. But the directors of the Lego movie are directing, uh, or will be directing the um, the Han Solo, Han Solo standalone film that's mm-hmm. away from the, uh, of course, you know, episode seven, eight, and nine that they're making. Yeah, uh, that Han Solo film is set to release in 2018, so it's definitely a while away. Yeah. But um, I find that very interesting. Um, I guess, you know, they did direct uh, 21 Jump Street, right? Mm-hmm. And the Lego movie. Yeah, Phil Lord, Chris Miller. Yep. There you go. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, it makes sense for the character. He's kind of, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, He's kind of like this smarmy asshole. Yeah. Who, you know, is kind of just out for himself and kind of has that sarcastic, um, charismatic attitude towards him, so... Uh, I think these guys are a good fit. I don't think they're going to make it an outright kind of like comedic with some jokes here and there. Right. I think the jokes, they do have them in there and probably be a little bit subtle and it's just going to be situational humor more than anything else. Because right. I think these guys understand uh, like the materials they're working with. I would say so. I think most, uh, maybe not most, but a lot of uh, directors I'm sure are very... Um, we're very much influenced by Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure a lot of directors hold those movies very near and dear to their heart. Yeah. Um, so they know what they're working with. They know what's at stake. So they're not just going to make some shitty movie, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, um, plus, they, you know, they've proven themselves. Even with the, the Lego movie being like a kid's movie, yeah. it was still very much a good movie even to go watch like, as an adult. Like The craziest thing about them is that they're able to take these properties that no one really gives much of a mind to. I mean, like if you if you said that there's going to be a 21 Jump Street movie, you know, uh, people would just... 10 years like, ago. Yeah, people would just even laugh at 20 you. years ago, yeah. Because that was a show that was big in the 80s. Big in the 80s. It was, it was like really the start of Johnny Depp's career. Yeah. And, uh, you know... People didn't think that was going to do anything, and it wound up to be one of the best movies of that year, one of the best comedies of the year. And even... Uh, With the Lego movie. Who the hell makes a movie about Le- about Legos? Right. And those guys pulled it off, so... And they did a great job, too, because that was a very successful movie that year. Um, it got a couple of uh, nominations in it, it. It only got nominated for Best Original Song. Okay. Um, didn't get nominated for Best uh, Animated Feature, which a lot of people were upset about. But then, like, Lego just decided to make their own statue out of, out of their bricks. And they just kind of went, like, well, we made our own statue. Yeah. Which is, which is a pretty cool moment. But, yeah, um, these guys have proven themselves to be very capable filmmakers. And I'm kind of wondering, now that they actually have, some, have a property that they can they have like a lot of material to work with. I wonder what they're going to do. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it seems interesting because at first this was kind of believed to be like a... It was going to be like a Boba Fett movie. Mm-hmm. But now we know it's a Han Solo movie. Um, that doesn't mean that Boba Fett won't be in it or anything. But, or you know. there isn't going to be a Boba Fett movie somewhere down the line. Right, right, right. Um, so it's interesting to that they're going to have all this to work with as far as, uh, you know, lore and locations and all the stuff that they can work with. Yeah. Um, I would say it's almost uh, close to me in the Lego movie because you, you saw how many, like, different properties were in the Lego movie. Yep. Um, so I'm very curious. Uh, it should end up very well. I have you know, very, very high hopes for this movie, of course, uh, being a Star Wars fan and all. But yep. um, good news. Nothing but good news, in my opinion. Um, so let's uh, talk about one more thing here before we get out of here. Um, I wanted to talk about this because um, Rocksteady's now done making the Batman trilogy, right? Yeah, they're done making their little um, game trilogy of him. So that's great news and all. But the next question is, what are they going to work on? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are speculating that it's going to be a Superman game or something. Yeah. Well, I know right um, now Rocksteady's doing... They're, they're doing the Mad Max game, aren't they? Maybe. Or is that Gearbox? That might be Gearbox. It's published by WB Games. I know that, but um, I'm not too sure who's behind it. Um, But it just, it makes me think of what they're going to work on next. Are they going to step away from the uh, video game, or not video game, comic book world? Um, Or are they going to keep going in that comic book direction? Like I said, a lot of people have speculated that the next game is going to be like a Superman game, though I'm not sure how you would do that. (laughs) All Superman games have been horrible. It just, I don't know if you can, you can't do a Superman game like you did a Batman game. Mm-mm. Because um, there would just have to be so many like qualifiers in that movie. Um, something like, uh, so uh, we evacuated everybody out of the city, so Superman can't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has kryptonite everything. Kryptonite yeah. weapons, kryptonite guns. Um they put kryptonite in the atmosphere so you can't just fly out of space. Yep. Uh, it's just so many like qualifiers that would seem like just like reason like keep you in the small little yeah. you know, area. It'd have to be like a like a like you know how Cuphead has like uh, that game is just nothing but boss fights. Yeah. For Superman, that's just all it's gonna have to be is just nothing but boss fights. And like in some in some degree, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he can fight like Apocalypse. No, no, not Apocalypse. That's that's Marvel. He can fight like Dark Se- um, Dark Seed, or he could fight. Uh, I, he could fight Apocalypse. That'd be kind of cool to have a <laughs> cro- weird crossover. There's a weird crossover. Oscar Isaac versus <laughs> versus Superman, the, the new Apocalypse. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they can really pull off a Superman game. I don't think they are going to do it because I think they just. Like I said, I don't think it would make sense just because of how many qualifiers they would need to make that game. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, like, is there any, like, comic book characters that you'd want to see in their own game? I mean, you had, like, a Deadpool game kind of within the yeah. last couple of years, I think. Um, and I think that got, like, mediocre reviews at best. It got, like, it got like mixed. It got mixed reviews, I think. Some people dug it. Some people didn't dig yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, like, if they kind of, like, jumped to different properties, I'd like to see another Punisher video game. 
because they um, there's a Punisher game for the original Xbox. Right. Um, and I remember playing that one and actually having a pretty decent time with it. I actually kind of dug it a little bit. I think the Punisher would be easy to do um, because you could probably do something like Grand Theft Auto clone-ish. A little bit. Right? Yeah. Like, of course, maybe not like, of course, like a Grand Theft Auto clone exactly. But you could get away with doing something like that because the Punisher doesn't have qualms with killing. Yeah. So he, you could easily get away with, like, killing bad guys and, like, you know, kind of open world running around and, like, you know. Mm-hmm. He'd be like vehicles. He'd be running through like Hell's Kitchen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, through running uh, into other big like property names and stuff yeah. like that. You know, uh, the uh, Daredevil. You're in Daredevil, Kingpin, Elektra. Yeah. Yeah, anyone who's kind of like involved in that same little area. Yeah. As far as like comic book games like that, that's the only one I can really think of because that's like the only other comic book game I remember playing and kind of really digging for the most part, other than like these Batman games. Other than that, the only games, that, the comic book games I think that I can think of that have done really well is just, like, the Lego ones. Yeah. That sounds really weird, but it, you don't need qualifiers in those Lego games. Mm. If you kill somebody, they don't actually die. They, like, explode into, like, a thousand pieces and yeah. just come back, so. Yeah. And, like, they're, you know, they're really lighthearted. They don't take themselves seriously. Yeah. They're, they're kind of jokey as well. I so. think for that reason, they can get away with it. Yeah. But... Man, as far as other, as other properties go, I'm not sure. If they do another comic book game... I'm not sure if they would even stick with DC, but if they were to stick with DC, I don't know, something with Green Lantern would be pretty cool. They could potentially do something cool with Green Lantern. I, I mean, mean like it's just space travel and then stuff here, like stuff on Earth, that'd be pretty dope. I could see that. Just like a Destiny-style travel system. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Definitely. And then, like, you can go to different worlds, you can go, like, to... Uh, the lantern, you know, home base, and you can like, you know, fight, um, you know, the red lanterns, the yellow lanterns, the black lanterns, so on and so forth. It'd be interesting to see. I'm not entirely sure how they would do it, but it definitely be. It would have to be a different kind of game than just like these Batman games, because like Batman, like it took. It felt like it. So they took a lot from like Assassin's Creed, right? And then like, uh, you know, just like with a better uh, combat mechanic, in my opinion. Right, right, right. They pretty much invented that combat mechanic mechanic that. A lot of games use now. Yeah. And they've perfected it. Like, it's so yeah. perfect and clean. And in, like, Shadow of Mordor... They definitely did it best. Uh, yeah. Like, it was a little more... Like, it was forgiving, almost. Mm-hmm. And Batman is not forgiving. No. So, if you, like, accidentally click in a direction where there's no enemy and you hit a punch, you lose your combo. Yep. Whereas in, uh, like, Shadow of Mordor, you kind of get more of a uh, little bit of a... Yeah, like leeway. a countdown timer, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. What was the um, Marvel game that came out last generation where you can, like, pick a group of people and... Uh, oh, Ultimate Alliance? Ultimate Alliance. So, yeah. what about a game like that? I think that would be pretty interesting because I remember playing the first one and really liking the first one. I, I did not play the sequel. Right. Um, and that one was pretty fun. It was very, like, RPG-like, and it was... Uh, it was just kind of it was just kind of a different take on a, on a superhero video game, and it was right. pretty pretty fun really because like there was that game, and then like there was like one the generation before that one too. Uh, oh god, what was it called? It was with the X Men. Um, 
man, I cannot remember for life what it was called, but there was another one very similar to that thing from the same company who did who did the um, like a similar RPG beating beat 'em up game with right. the X Men, and then they wanted to do Ultimate Alliance. Um, I can see them kind of doing something like that, but once again, that probably had to encompass like the entirety of like the DC universe. Yeah, you'd have to be able to include everybody and make it almost like one of those Lego games, mm-hmm. where the Lego games uh, you can pick like any character from that. Uh, whatever title they're working on and yeah. play as them. Good guys, bad guys, uh, the same. Um, and I kind of like that. I like having that freedom of like, oh, well, if I want to play as, uh, I don't know, if I want to play as Batman, I can play as Batman. Yeah. But I can also play the same level as Superman, or I can play it as Wonder Woman, or I can play it as the Green Lantern, yeah. or I can play it as Bizarro Superman. We can play it as like even like more obscure. We can play it as the Question, <laughs> right? Or we can play it as you know Doctor Fate, yeah, or somebody along those lines. Or you can play the game as Kevin Smith. <laughs> you know, I, I I I like that. I think I <laughs> DLC think... Bluntman and Chronic. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking in. I'm in. So I think uh, I think Lego really has that shit on lock. They know what they're doing. <clears throat> And they've done it well for a while yep. now. Is there actually any official news on what Rocksteady is going to be doing after? I don't think so, which is why I kind of brought this up. I'm wondering, like I said, the only thing is just rumors of them possibly making a, a, super, a, super a Superman game. game. But, like I said, I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know how that would work out. I have no, um, no kind of good feeling about that. Because, like I said, you just... Superman is this all-powerful being that can all, whose one weakness is kryptonite, right? Yeah. So it just—I don't know. It just is weird. Um, I don't know how. Like, unless you gave everybody kryptonite weapons and you filled the air with kryptonite, so you couldn't just fly away. Because that would be something that yeah. Superman. He's just like, yeah, fuck this shit. I'm just gonna leave. Um. Speaking of which, speaking of Batman and Superman. Um, I read something that essentially uh, kind of like laid out of what the plot would be of uh, the Batman versus Superman movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard anything I, about that. I haven't. I just haven't been too keen on on that movie at all. I haven't really cared about it either too much. But they said that um, the reason why um, Batman is going after Superman is after. The events of uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, Yeah, everybody kind of died. And Batman pretty much is saying he's got to pay for his his crimes. Okay. He's got to come to justice for them, you know? So it kind of makes sense. Um, I guess. It just seems like a lame premise, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I I just haven't had that much hope for this movie at all, mostly because of the people who are behind it. Are kind of you know like especially you know the the director he's not that really good of a director in my opinion um, <laughs> at all he made like one decent movie and that was like a long ass time ago but um you know he uh, I don't know it's just the details of this movie I can gladly like not go like I can be remain spoiler free and then I'll go see the movie I'm more than likely still not gonna like it I can read the spoilers now. And then just, you know, like... It'll essentially... Be, it, it doesn't just, matter one yeah, way or the other. It, it doesn't matter one way or the other for me. And that's not to say, like, I'm, like, like 
counting it out just because I really want to see this movie fail. I don't ever really want to see a movie fail. It's just that I just want this one to get through their heads that they need to retool everything because their they, movies are not working. Yeah, they've got to do something different. They're doing really good with the uh, TV shows. Yeah, I mean, like I don't understand why they can't do TV shows. Um, like you know, like like that seems to be like what they're doing the best at. I mean, like uh, you know, Flash is doing great. Arrow is doing great. Uh, Supergirl just, just premiered and like to like mixed reviews, but you know we'll see how that goes. I think like all of it. I think like all their like their other two shows got mixed reviews when it first was released. Anyway, yeah, it's all a matter of you know over time if they can make a good story that they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can tell a better story in uh, how long are the episodes? Thirty minutes, forty minutes. Yeah, uh, you know, including commercials and everything. Um, if they can tell a better story in five or six hours worth of a TV show, then they can tell them in a two hour movie. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. Uh, if it's going to make, if you're going to like, I would prefer, um, have, uh, all these different TV shows. Yeah. Um, use them to use them as like your origin movies, like mm-hmm. Marvel did forever ago. And then just throw them into a movie. Yeah. That would be, I think that would probably work out idea. a little bit better. And like, especially for them, like, because they'll be able to kind of build everything up, uh, up um, in the way that Marvel's doing, as right. you said, and then just they'll actually be able to have you know some kind of coherency with everything. Because like right now, like, like they're trying to go all grim and dark for a lot of characters, even though like it's just kind of laughable at this point. Yeah. It's very '90s, like very '90s extreme, you know, fucking kind of stuff. You know, that's just kind of over the top and ridiculous, and it's not even tongue in cheek. They're actually kind of you kind of realize they're being serious about it. Like you kind of see all the stuff that they're doing with you know Suicide Squad. And yeah. that's just like making me just like you know like really kind of like are you guys really like serious about this? Like th- th- this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna wait a little bit longer to pass judgment on that because right now it does look kind of crappy. But then again, you look at the uh, like onset pictures of something like Hellboy, mm-hmm. and that looked really shitty. But yeah, uh, Hellboy movies weren't that bad. They did, you know, they look pretty good in my opinion. Is it? Yeah, except you know when they released actual photos from the set and they had lighting of like, or like when they first revealed like the look of the Joker and they had the lighting they wanted for the Joker on that picture. That didn't make him look any less ridiculous. Yeah, that's and true. that's exactly the way he looks in this like in these stills for the movie. And like, I mean, I, I realize that there's going to be some tweaking done to, you know, lighting and, you know, color saturation and everything else. And, and the editing process doesn't going to remove the fact that he's still going to look ridiculous and out of place in this kind of like the super grim, dark, gritty world that they're building up. And he's still going to look like a pastel covered clown. I mean, yeah. like, like Nolan hit the hit the nail on the head with, uh, you know, the Dark Knight. Granted, Dark Knight Rises was that, that, that's the only way I can really describe that first viewing was okay second viewing was just did not hold up did not hold up like the plot holes were mile wide in that movie and just a lot of ridiculousness in that movie and uh, so you know it's just kind of but in my opinion that was a much better take on a like modern Joker it was it was than, it was a better take on a modern Joker than what uh, you know we it looks like we're gonna get in the Suicide Squad. Of yeah. course, you know it's not final, so we don't know. But it just it looks more modern and more appropriate. Yeah. Well, like, are you talking about Jared Leto's Joker looking more appropriate or? 
No, no, no. Are we talking about Heath Ledger's? Heath Ledger. Because Heath, Heath Ledger's is definitely more appropriate for now. Even, even like, you know, six years ago, like, seven okay, years ago. Okay, okay, think about um, who played, who was the one who played the Joker back? Uh, Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Just if you look at his Joker and compare it to now, yeah. it's like, okay, that looks ridiculous. But for the time, for the time it, it, makes it looked appropriate. Also, for the type of movies they were making for it, too, which they were, were still the very top, kind of ridiculous. Still very comic booky, yeah. but Tim Burton was able to make them kind of more grounded than anything else. Right. Uh, he, he was able to make this believable comic book movie that still looked like a comic book. And. With bat nips and everything. It's like, no, that was that was a, a that was, shoe, yeah. Schumacher. That was, that was, that was Schumacher yeah. with fucking, he made the bat nips. Yeah, he made the bat nips, and those movies were horrible. All those movies, but, like but, after the Tim Burton ones, were great. Perfect. At like, the same time, like they're only great if you're looking at them drunk, high, and blindfolded. Because <laughs> they're not saying like great in the sense that. They're good movies. They're great in the way that I love Danger Five and all those other just shitty. like just wacky, over the top. Like you can't take this seriously, kind of. Yeah, I, I see that because mm. Danger Five was wacky, over the top, but they they were self aware about it. And right, right, and it just now in most people looking at it and as serious as it came out to be, because obviously they weren't making it out to be a mm. joke. Um, it's kind of like okay, that's laughable. Yeah, but. Looking back on it now, I'm like, yeah, this is this. I could watch this all day. This yeah. is hilarious. It's like, like this is like this is like whoever made this is a comedic genius. <laughs> I love failure like that. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's like it's especially when they kind of especially when they don't know it. And I guess like Uwe Boll was like like when we were talking about in the last yeah. last podcast. Apparently, he's just not aware how much of a failure his movies are. <laughs> so like just seeing him take himself so seriously, it's kind of like t- like seeing a child take himself too seriously. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna that's probably gonna wrap it up. I don't think we have anything else we need to talk about today. No. Um, God, I I really miss not recording on this weekend. So this feels really good to yeah. finally have this back. Um, like I said, it's gonna be about a week and a half before we record again. Um, but I'm sure we'll have plenty of news to talk about then. If not, well, we'll make sure to bring a whole bunch of opinion pieces and make everyone angry. Yeah, essentially piss everyone off. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. 